This athletic strength and power podcast with the head strength and conditioning coach for men's basketball for the Xavier Musketeers, Coach Andy Kettler, is brought to you by the Bill Jacobs Power Company. Coach Jake can build your athletic performance center from the ground up. Get a hold of Coach Bill Jacobs at CoachBillJacobs.com and by TRX Suspension Training. Contact the Director of Team Sports for TRX, Tim Bork, and get your suspension training off to a start today. And by Spec Athletic, the sports flooring professionals, specathletic.com. This is Ed Sicali. I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio today with another ASAP Athletic Strength and Power podcast. I'm on the campus of Xavier University. I'm with Coach Andy Kettler. He's old school. He's back with us. We've seen him before. We've we saw him at West Virginia University with the Mountaineers. He was uh, the strength coach there with Coach Bob Huggins. We also saw him down in Louisville, Kentucky with the Cardinals. And now here he is back in his old town, Cincinnati, Ohio, with the Xavier Musketeers. Coach Ke- Oh, we've done a previous podcast also with him in Indianapolis, Indiana, when the uh, the Mountaineers went in there for the Final Four. Yeah, we we talked right ago, there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, 2010. Coach Keller, welcome back to the program. Good to have you. Thanks. It's nice to be back, and quite honestly, it's nice to be back home. You know, the roses and graders and <laughs> all my <laughs> family and close friends and. Um, I mean, Rocky Boyman's in town. All, all your people. Big rock, Rocky keeps saying he's going to come by and lift, but he. I guess he's too busy. I don't know if he doesn't want to train his neck and squat anymore, so we'll have to check with Rock on that one. Yeah, you're going to have to you know, be a little reserved when he comes back in here, but uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, don't, I don't know if he's quite ready for what I saw the last few days I've been here, and, and it's yeah. been brutal. There's, there's some guys that are uh, you know, busting their tails, let me, let me just say it. I know you might think, hey, we can go harder, we can train better, we can do this and that, but I'll tell you what, this type of training is not for the, you know, the meek. Well, you know, it, it, and I appreciate that, and we always try to get better, and we got a lot of new players, but, you know, I think it all starts at the top, and, and um, you know, Sean Miller, our head coach, captain of our ship, he's got a lot of belief in what we do down here. I mean, he backs it a million percent, and then you take that a step further, the unity with our staff and just what we do collectively. We all back each other. They back this room, you know, and, and stuff, so that's really a great feeling as well to have that, but... Um, you know, we're certainly trying to trying to work as hard as we can and get better, um, which is which is the ultimate goal. Just a little better every day. Uh, you guys have done a renovation and a, and an upgrade since the last time I was here. I was here with Coach Matt Jennings, and now definitely did an addition here. Yeah, they did, and it was it was you know like we mentioned when we started to be able to come back home has been just a, a thrill for me and my family. And then to meet with Coach Miller and uh, you know Mari Mercurio, he's he's about to get a lift out there. Him and I graduated high school. He's the AD for. From he oversees men's basketball um, to walk into a situation like this with guys like that, and you look at this new room that you get to kind of put together is a pretty neat deal. And um, you know, and I think you came by on the perfect day here. We got the fans kicking, and I'd never measured those windows, but we got six to eight windows that are they got to be 15 feet high. So we open up that whole glass wall, and you got a nice breeze in here, and you know, crank the radio up and get these guys rolling. So, you know, when you pull in the parking lot, uh, there's, there's no question of where the, the training center is because with those <laughs> gigantic windows and with your, uh, you got a sound system that I think could, uh, 
you know, I think you could have the uh, Joe Walsh and the uh, or the Eagles come in here and, and they 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 could put on a. Well, the funny thing is, is, is I requested two more speakers, so I think they're putting those in too. We're gonna we're gonna we want those windows rattling. You know, I think when you play, I can't speak for college football, but obviously a hundred thousand people. You know, at these big games, it's loud. You know, you play in an arena like we do here, and and some of these great venues that we're privy to play on the road, it's loud, it's raucous. So. You know, teaching our kids communication. The radio's up. You know, we're, we're trying to move at a good pace. Um, at the same time, being able to take orders, to give orders, to understand what I'm telling them, to understand what they're telling each other, um, is a big byproduct of having that music on loud too. It's it's not solely for just the the training effect, if you will. So, you know, communication within our program on the court, in the weight room, and such are, is very important. So that kind of helps us with that as well. Coach, I've got to up my game. You know, I've been watching that front foot elevated uh, with that kabuki bar. Can you explain the, the bar and and what the terminology is on? You know, I just called yeah. it whatever. But can you tell? Uh, can you talk about what I saw? Well, I mean, the first thing I'll tell you is is, is kabuki is, is a great company. Um, we have trap bars from them. We have some duffalo bars. We have some uh, Cadillac bars. And the bar you're talking about, a transformer bar. We'll load guys, we'll do different lunch patterns and different things, and the specific exercise you're talking about is just a, uh, you know, elevated reverse lunge. You know, it just, it sits on their shoulders real nice. You know, I, I hate to use the word uncomfortable. Um, when you use a barbell and load it to a certain extent with a couple hundred, 225 pounds or so, you know, a little different when you squat for four or five reps and you're up and down, you can rack it. You know, when you're doing four or five, six reps a leg and the time under tension increases and you got that bar on your shoulders, it's, it's a little more comfortable for the guys. They're more worried about their reps that they're doing as opposed to that bar digging in their shoulders. But, um, yeah, it's a nice bar. We use it for that and a few other exercises. Yeah, we just called a we just called a, a, a elevated reverse lunge. Okay. And, and what's um, the technique that we're looking for, for? You know, we got thousands of coaches that are listening in on these podcasts, and especially for these high school coaches and younger uh, yeah. professionals, if you can give the technique – well, Describe that technique. You know, obviously, that your shoulders got to be back. You have good posture. You don't want to get a big forward lean with your upper body. But I'll go back to <laughs> I'm 44 years old now when I was 22 or 23, and I was an intern with the Indians. Tim Max used to say, step, drop, and drive. And, and essentially, step back, drop that knee, drive back up. And you want to drive through your heel and your midfoot. You know, I don't like guys getting on their toes too much because, you know, I'm – I'm not a big uh, knee over toes guy all the time. I know some people like that, some don't. But we try to keep that, try to keep that knee, you know, towards the mid mid part of their foot, so it doesn't get too far out. And you know, we'll load those guys accordingly. But I think it's just an excellent, excellent uh, single leg exercise. Uh, you know, I, I like a elevated split squat as well, where your feet are on the ground and your back foot's up. Um, this is kind of a, I don't know if advanced is the right word, but maybe a little more advanced movement from that so we'll work off both of those but you know i've done it for years i really like uh i really like it as a single leg movement so the other one would be the uh the back foot would be on that roller mm -hmm. and then you're uh driving down yeah, and a lot of our younger heel. guys may start with that mm -hmm. um some guys move better that way as opposed to you know stepping off the box so from a coaching standpoint what, what which one works better for each athlete you know limb lengths and, and all those things included to uh to just get a, a good single leg exercise. And then they get rushed over to that hip press. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, yeah, I, that's I, not fun in games either because you've got to load it up. And, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of memories myself. You know, you know, Randy Burning trained me years ago, and the hip press was something we used. And fortunate enough to be at UC with some great strength coaches. You know, Scott Greenwald is one of my closest friends, and, and, and I think he's just, 
I can't think of many people as good or better than him. And I remember all those days as a young athlete sitting there and just struggling and fighting. And I just, I really like it because I just, we usually do it on Fridays. They got the weekend to recover, but I just think it's solely effort-based. You know, how hard are you going to work? You know, how, how far will you push yourself? And I've always, in every weight room I've had, had two or three of those in there for that sole reason. It's, it's just a great piece. Pendulum makes a great, you know, great product with that hip press there. Tell us a little bit about that hamstring. Uh, you guys are really focused on that a lot as well for all the jumping and running that you guys yeah, do. Yeah, it's, it's a piece I, I came across. Uh, actually, I just brought his name up, but I think Scott Greenewalt turned me on to it maybe six or seven years ago. Okay. Uh, Dynamic Fitness uh, makes it. Uh, it's an inverse hamstring. I do remember reading years ago, I, I believe, I don't want to cross myself up here. I think Westside Barbell used a similar piece to that years ago to help develop you know, butt, but, but more so hamstring strength. And I really like it because of our kids' limb lengths, and I don't like loading their spines a whole lot. I think it's a great piece to really attack their hamstrings. It's not hard to coach, but it's hard to coach sometimes in the sense that when you have a 6'11 guy and you have a long torso and stuff, to keep them straight in that machine and come up, they got to really focus on doing that. But I think it's just a great piece. It's obvious if you're watching that hamstring region while a player is doing that, you can see the musculature and the tendons firing up. Yeah, the belly gets a little work it. in there, yeah. It's and working. It, it's doing it's, something. It's one of those things where, you know, if you're doing if you do high rep ranges with that thing, you'll you'll you, you your kid's gonna have trouble walking. So to be smart and sensible as a coach, keep those reps down to five or six typically and and really work on it, teach you how to do it right. I think the bang for the buck is outstanding. You've also got the single leg leg pressing that yeah, you do. Yeah, that's another thing, too, just from a single leg strength standpoint. We talked about split squats. We talked about elevated reverse lunges. You know, the sleds are right next to that, which is, is something that has stood the test of time forever, you know, pushing any sort of uh, implement. But you can get a lot of single leg drive with that, too. But that the hammer single, single leg uh, uh, hip press or leg press, if you will, is, is also just a great piece to, to really work on single leg strength as well. Now, for our coaches uh, they, uh, that are watching the videos and seeing the uh, the photos, they'll see this green turf. With, you know, it's kind of marked off like a like a football field with lines and markings and everything, and that's a pretty good stretch. Looks like it's about thirty yards worth. Twenty, yeah, twenty-five. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You can get a lot done on. You know, some of our coaches on other teams will do warm-ups on there. You know, get kids loose for practice. Um, certain movements coaches prefer to strength coaches prefer to do on there as opposed to the floor, maybe. Um, those sleds move at a pretty good pace on there as well. We, we use those sleds a lot for a lot of different things, so that's another uh, great use of that as well. And Yeah, it's been a nice – this weight room is such a size that, that you know we were, we were able to, to put that in, so it's nice to have it in here. All right, then uh, upper body-wise, I'll tell you what, this chin-up technique and form, uh, I think you're, you're, you're about as critical and, and striving for perfect form as, as yeah. you'll see anywhere. Yeah, I think, I think um, and we could go through a list of names of people that I appreciate. You know, I've, I've done this a long time, and I'm getting to be one of the older guys a little bit. But, you know, I just feel like everybody I've ever learned from, people that I've read about and respected, you know, as you know, Ed, the rep turns into the set, which turns into the workout, the week the months and things go together. So, you know, chin-ups to me are just one of those exercises that people do just to do. And for me, your arm should be straight at the bottom. You should have a slight hold at the top. You should control yourself coming down. Um, you know, I'm a little forgiving at times, maybe with their feet kicking a little bit, you know, when the effort level is really high, maybe at the end of the set. But, okay, yeah. But, um, yeah, we, we our kids know that uh, that's one of those, I don't know if strength coaches have favorite exercises or exercises they really, really put their thumb on, but... 
uh, there's not much there's not much in the weight room that's that's more fun to watch than just a really good strict chin up you know and as these kids get stronger and they build their bodies you can start loading them a little bit and you can have a little fun do sets of three sets of four sets of sixes you know and typically on fridays like today we'll, we'll throw a lot of volume in there especially off season we'll change in season but it's not untypical for our kids to be able to do four to five really good clean sets of eight to ten chins, you know, during a workout. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, these guys are not defensive backsides. You guys got some major college basketball players that are like six eight, six nine, six ten, and they're going all the way down and all the way up, and then they've got a hold at the top too. Yeah, just for a second, you know. I, yeah. I, I've always been taught whether it's a bench and you hold it for a split second at the top or, you know, the pendulum rows when we're pulling, you know, you get that to the pad, just hold it for a second. You know, let me know that you, you're controlling the weight and, and the weight's not controlling you. You know, I think sometimes as coaches we all get ahead of ourselves. I'm not one to ever brag about how much weight a kid's moving. I think the technique is so important that, you know, I want to make sure that is always, always, always the, at the forefront. Like I said, it starts with a great rep, so – something I learned years ago from some great mentors and something I hope I never get lazy with or lose. So You mentioned that, that pendulum row. I saw some of your guys, and I attempted to try to do some of the weights that they were using, and I'll tell you what, yeah. that is, you guys aren't fooling around. Well, we're getting There's there. There's going to be some rebounds brought down somehow. Well, I, sure, I sure hope so. I sure hope so. We're getting there. But, again, that's just a small example of, 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 of everything we're doing in here, right? You're trying to do great reps. You're trying to make sure every rep is done the right way. And, you know, kind of like that old story of Milo. You know, you pick up the, cow, the, the baby calf, and it gets a little heavier every day, and you keep picking it up. You get a little stronger. And we're just trying to get a little better every day. You know, and, again, that's another great piece of equipment we're fortunate to have. And, we have three of them so that we can really bounce in and out of stuff. But, um, again, just the idea of just really being particular with what we're doing and really really making sure there's intent with everything we do. And then uh, just about everywhere I've been and seen you, I've seen you doing the rope flex, and yeah, that looks crazy. Yeah, it's a great, great piece. Sean Brown is one of the better basketball strength coaches I think ever to be around. He's at West Virginia now. Brought that to my attention years ago, and – I think of the way that we've we've changed here in a college basketball standpoint where our coaches can work with the players almost year-round and the amount of jumping and just the amount of, of wear and tear these kids, you know, ankles, knees, hips, and low backs take on that court. You know, you come to a point where, like, how can I really raise their heart rate? How can I really get a true strength and conditioning session out of this? And I just think the different things you can do with that rope, strengthen their hands, their forearms, their, low, their upper backs, obviously, but... You get their heart rates jumping. You grab them from that rope, throw them into something else, and you kind of couple it with some things. And I just feel like you can really get a lot out of it. And, and I would love to tell you our kids are excited to do it. And everywhere I've been, they they would probably tell you that's one of the toughest things we do. Absolutely. I mean, uh, one guy, I think they were on there like three, four, or five minutes. Yeah, we did something a little different today. We had a little competition with it today. So we did a, a wall sit while they were pulling the rope, which is a little different than something we always do. But – you know, no different, no different than anything else. If you if you bench 200 pounds, you know, for four sets of five for a couple of weeks, people probably add a two and a half, right? You know, and if, you, if you're doing sprints and you're, you're hitting your times, you might move your time down. So we take average times with all that stuff and we make sure they have to beat, you know, their time so that they can, you know, you're getting stronger and you're getting in better shape at the same time. I'll tell you one thing, uh, you know, we're here in Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, one of the, as far as I'm concerned, the top steakhouses and restaurants in Cincinnati are, 
run by the the great Jeff Ruby Stakes, yeah, and yeah. I'll tell you what. I mean, as a college kid, you wouldn't be able to afford it, but let me tell you, if I did the, your workout, I'd had to have to drag myself or take the take the bus to the metro or something, get down there and, and get some sort of giant fillet, uh, medium rare. Well, I mean, it's like anything else, right, Ed? I mean, you adapt to it, you know. And I think also as strength coaches, sometimes we lose sight of where these kids start. You know, Mike Gittleson told me one day, just because the guy that's benching the most or hip pressing the most in the room doesn't mean necessarily mean that's the hardest working guy. And and so a lot of our kids have started from ground zero almost this year. We have so many new players. As I look at old weight cards, or I just see the way their body language changes and, and, and just the way they carry themselves because they're, you know, they're getting stronger, but they're getting some confidence as young men. It's very encouraging. Again, just we have we have the month of September, we have October, and you know we start playing in early November. So we still have some time to chip away, and get them better. Well, like you you mentioned Scott Greenwald and yourself. I mean, you guys are old school and hardcore, and bring and bring it. And you're you're trying to extract the most out of these players, and uh, it shows. You know. you're, you're trying to, yeah. I think I think we all have ways we do things, and and I would never tell you that my way is the right way. I've I've met and talked to so many great strength coaches and so many great coaches in general, but I do firmly believe I learned this as a as a young man when I lifted and trained, and now I see it through our kids. These kids deserve our time. These kids deserve us to be honest with them. These kids deserve us. They they deserve that we will hold them accountable and we will hold them to the fire. And, and a lot of times that's not something they want to hear, but it's what they need to hear. And I think sometimes as coaches and how people often say society is changing and stuff, I, I think if it is changing and, it, you know, the, the, we need to do those things even more because these kids need them even more. And, you know, every human emotion, if you train a kid correctly, comes out. They laugh, they cry, they, they have a, a PR on a bench one day or – or they start doing things and learning things about themselves they never could. And I think that comes from just very hard work. And you know, as I age and I go through my life, the greatest relationships I've ever had are kind of forged by fire. They weren't perfect situations all the time. It's going through hard things with people and those people sticking by you. And I think as coaches, that's what our kids deserve. And like I said, I think training kids hard in a, in a smart and effective manner, I think they deserve it. And I think it pays dividends today, tomorrow, and, and, and when they're grown men, grown men and women. So You know, uh, we also saw in the last few days, uh, we saw some a lot of dumbbell work with the chest pressing, and then I believe it was some incline yeah, we did chest pressing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we use dumbbells a lot. I think our kids, you know, shoot the ball a lot, and the way they move their, you know, arms and, and, and just the movement they have. Dumbbells are typically a little easier on your shoulder girdle a little bit there. Mm -hmm. don't beat you up as much. Um, we do have some of those kabuki bars we mentioned earlier that we use. We bench not, pressing. Yeah, we don't we don't do any sort of bench press with with a regular bar. We use those kabuki bars, but that's uh, interesting. A lot of times, as the season progresses, I'll, I'll go solely with dumbbells. I just feel like it's a lot easier on on an athlete's shoulders. And like I said, our kids shooting the ball and doing some different things. I think it helps. I witnessed some serious stuff going on 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 uh, with the agility ladder. But it was you want to explain what was going on? Yeah, on it's that? just I, agility ladders are great. I, I think I think they're good. I don't think they're I don't think they solve the world's problems as far as working your feet all the time. Um, but I always have three or four men here, and I would say once a week we'll throw them down. 
I'm a huge, huge proponent of bodyweight exercises. I, I don't. I think push-ups, chin-ups, dips. Um, yeah, that's what I was referring to the the push-up yeah, yeah. pattern thing that you were doing. You, you want your, to explain that? You got your manual resistance training, like different bodyweight things. But yeah, so we do we work on a little shoulder stability and work on obviously you know your chest and and strength and a little bit of tricep work there doing push-ups. But we'll do ladder push-ups. We'll start at one end. We'll walk push-up, walk push-up, and. Again, yeah. we'll, we'll usually mix that in with, with different ropes and different things at the end of workouts. Too. And you also want the, uh, how, how far do you want? You want the chest almost touching the ground? or you, Yeah, you I mean, know, in, in a perfect. These guys got long arms. In a perfect world, but when you when I look at, I have a kid in my head and right now, he's 6'9", freshman, he's got like a 7'4 wingspan. You know, he's got to travel a lot, so let's, <laughs> just, let's just do the best we can. He's, he's, oh, no he's doubt. not 6'1", like me, and got little stubby arms, so it, 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 I think it's different for a guy like that. For sure. You know, times have changed over the last 20 years with the way guys used to go home for summer and that kind of stuff. Now they're here, yeah. and... And now the food is upgraded. Yeah. We, What's going on with this food with, with the Xavier Musketeers? Well, I got lucky. I, I, I mentioned Mario McCurry earlier, who, who, who's worked here a long time, and we graduated high school together, known each other a long time. And some people here were here before me. We have a, a great chef um, who does a lot of work with a lot of the Bengals players individually. She's amazing. We get real excited when she comes in to cook. But we did some different things with her where she made meals, two to three meals for our kids. Friday, Saturday, and Sundays. She comes in and cooks after practices, and then and then we do some other things where we're making sure we're feeding our kids. They're getting fed plenty, and, and you know, from a hydration standpoint, we have what they need. I think we do pretty well with that. Yeah, because, uh, you know, back in the day, 25, 30 years ago, you know, a player would get down and work out, and they'd have to maybe head down to uh, McDonald's or somewhere and get grab something, but yeah. now... Some of those kids still do that now, and that's a fight. you so you got to try to educate <laughs> oh, them. Yeah. yeah, and you got to meet them halfway. I mean, you know, they're not, they're not going to eat perfect. Are, are the uh, Musketeers uh, heading for a preseason uh, trip to the Bahamas or anything this year, or what's going on? Oh, we actually did do a... It's funny you say that. We did a foreign trip. Um, you're allowed to do one, I believe, every four years. We did that to the Bahamas. We did that this summer. I can't remember offhand where we're going for a Thanksgiving tournament, but we're going somewhere. But, yeah, we're uh, we're working as hard as we can because this is a great basketball league. There's a lot of great coaches, a lot of team, a lot of great teams in the Big East, and you know the defending national championship uh, team, UConn's right up right up the road in Northeast. There, you got to play them twice, and you know that, that's one example of just a really good team in our league, and and. We got to be ready. This Big East is a heck of a basketball conference. No kidding. Yeah. Now, when you guys go to uh, the Bahamas, is it slather on the uh, sunscreen and then head to the beach, or what's going on down there? You know, yeah. when you head down you, there, you what's little, it like? You have a little bit of free time. You know, Sean Miller is, is just such a amazing, outstanding, demanding coach that he did allow us free time. I think we had one day where we were free, but there were basketball workouts, basketball practices, uh, a couple games down there. I thought it was good for us because of all the new kids that we have. You know, some of us were able to bring our families. Just a bond. Yeah, some of us were able to bring our families and stuff, which was nice. But it's never solely a vacation. I think if you would talk to any of these programs around the country, it's it's very rarely go put your feet up and enjoy the, the scenery. There's always a lot of basketball work to be done. So just got to work as hard as I can to help these kids out. You know, I, I think you're, I'm in arguably the greatest city in America again. You got to really appreciate where you're at and who you're with. Like I said earlier, I mean, Sean Miller is such an amazing coach, and our staff is, yeah. is, is outstanding. The support here at Xavier for what we're trying to do with basketballs is outstanding. You know, and then, and then also as a strength coach, right, you, you want to you wanna do the best you can to appreciate all the people that came before you. A lot of us are, have done this for a while and have worked our tails off and make a decent living because of so many people before us. And I think 
I think it's lost sometimes, but we owe it to those guys to to really punch the time clock and give these kids our time. And I think that's always been something important to me, something I think about often. We brought up some of the some names earlier in the podcast, but um, I think that's real important too. And I think, uh, lastly, I think the younger strength coaches coming up uh, to what you mentioned, a lot of things have changed. You know, technology is a big part of it. Um, some people believe in that a little more or less than others, but you know, a guy like myself, you, you want to be able to help these younger coaches if they're willing to take the help to, to kind of, you know, kind of learn the things you don't learn in the books, you know what I mean? Just just being on the floor every day and getting through to kids. So those are just things I kind of think about a lot and things I think that um, hopefully I can continue to do at a high level so I can help some people out. Now, as you're prepping for the season, it's how many weeks out are we right now? we got the rest of September, rest of October. And practices will pick up a lot in October, so... Mm-hmm kind of green light go for me kind of turns into a yellow light a little bit you know we might lift two days a week sometimes three you know things can change based on the amount of practices but yeah we're rocking and rolling I don't have a schedule in front of me um I would guess November 7th 8th Mm -hmm. 9th 10th somewhere in between there like you say here here we are in uh, late summer and your your frequency right now is definitely three at least three times a week. Yeah, we're training really hard three days a week, but I think as any good coach, you know, you should be here every day. And, and, and these kids, you never know what they're going to need from us with, with different issues they may have personally or, or with basketball or anything else. So, you know, you're definitely putting in the hours. You're here, accessible, uh, training these kids as hard as you can based on where you are in that week and where you are at that schedule. Sometimes you push, sometimes you pull back. We're going at least three days really hard right now. Have you tweaked things over the years or, you know, have you experimented with four days a week or three days a week and things like that? Yeah, I have. You know, it's funny you say that because I used to go four days a week a lot. And I think what I found is with these rule changes and basketball coaches being able to work with these kids, I think less is more. So I I like three days a week. I think it depends how you communicate with your staff. And Sean Miller and I had a great conversation when I came here. Training these kids as, as hard as I can based on what I need on a given day on Monday, Wednesday and Friday kind of really opens up Tuesday and Thursday to put a really big focus on basketball. So you don't have kids coming in and out of your building three, four, five times a day. And and I think physically it can take a toll on them, but I think more important mentally. I think you just, you know, so we try to be really smart with things like that. If a kid's lifting really hard that day, he might have an individual. He might have something else. But trying trying to spread the workload out a little bit so you're not beating a kid up two or three times every day, I think that's been something we've done pretty well with as a staff. Well, with your head coach, Sean Miller, with a coach like you, with a solid background and experience and training players over probably over 20 years now, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been over 20 years, yeah. That's awesome. So these players are in good hands. The training is the latest nutrition. And with things going on here at Xavier, it looks like it's right on course, isn't it? Yeah, we're certainly trying. You know, any time that Sean Miller is your your head coach, you you always got a shot. I firmly believe that, so I'm just trying to do my part down here, kind of hit hit the, hit the time card every day and do the best I can. And Sean and our assistants are upstairs banging away. And, you know, yeah, I just feel like when we have this group here, we always got a heck of a shot. And uh, hopefully you can make it back to the Final Four so we can follow you back there and, and get another Well, that would be nice. You know, we got the Bengals winning. and I know. Joe Burrow got his new contract. The Reds are, are playing really well. And UC's done some real good things with football and basketball, and we're trying to do our part. So, Again, it's just such a great city. There's so many great things. We could, we could talk for hours about that. So I'm just happy to be back. And, and like you mentioned, hopefully we can put some wins together and see what happens. Coach Andy Kettler, he's the performance coach here at, uh, with the Xavier Musketeers. He's the head strength coach, and he's working with Sean Miller and trying to build this team. And uh, they're putting it together, let me tell you, folks. You know, for you guys out there trying to train your basketball squad, 
you might want to take note of what Coach Kettler is doing. Coach, we really appreciate you joining us again. No problem, Ed. We'll have some more roses next time. How about that? Or Jeff Ruby's. Oh, <laughs> you're paying. <laughs>